We all have friends, family, and coworkers who've never played a role-playing game. Plenty of them just aren't interested, and that's okay. But when you have an opportunity to introduce new players, how do you do so in a way that has them coming back for more? We discuss this and more this week on Dungeons and Tangents. Ben, as per the Oregon uh, All Parties Law, will you acknowledge that we are recording? I acknowledge that we are recording. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> All right. Okay, so this episode we're going to be talking about how you introduce new players to D&D. Um, I'm going to ask, like, I mean, obviously the three of us like D&D. What? Otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I'm but, in, I'm in it for the dice. <laughs> You know, there's a game called Yahtzee. It involves a lot of dice. Only D6s. Yeah. Once when, once I've had other dice, I can't go back to that, man. <laughs> can't live like that again. Once you go 20, you can't go... That That's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not even, <laughs> we can cut that you out later. You can't go to 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13. I don't know. <laughs> Just go through all... There's too many choices there. I don't all right, so obviously we like D&D, and I think all three of us have introduced new players to D&D, mm-hmm. um, and I, I want to ask some questions about how do, you, how do you do that, and how do you do it right? So I'll ask some questions about that. Like, how do you get players excited who have never seen D&D before? Get their friends excited about it first, and hope that one of their friends is excited enough that they help convince them to do it too. <laughs> I guess that worked for you, didn't it? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the only way that it works for me. If somebody's completely uninterested, then yeah, they just need to be as comfortable as possible in that situation. And that's true. And then they realize, oh, D and D is just drinking beers, eating snacks, and talking with my friends. Like, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> yeah. Except there's a little bit of theater games in there. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. but that's not important. Okay. Unless, unless the people that you're that, trying to get interested in it were like drama majors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any of those friends. But. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is to make it as at least intimidating as possible. Because it can be very intimidating for somebody who doesn't know what D&D is, never played before. Because all kinds of different ways you can play. You can play with voices, you can play with uh, minis, you know, or, or, or no, none. It, somebody might be like, oh, I don't know what's going on, I'm going to make a, a fool of myself, I just won't play, yeah. you know. And a lot of people do that with less complicated games, yeah. too. Like, board games, when I'm playing a new board game, like, I'm like, I don't want to screw this up, like, I want to do well at this, I don't want to look like I'm incompetent. <laughs> and so, like, if I'm playing with strangers, then it's hard to convince me to play a new game, whereas if I'm playing with my friends, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, like, if I lose, I lose. I don't, I don't no, care, I'm true. hanging out with my my friends. It's It's funny how how much anxiety well i know i have and probably both of you have around playing a new game I'm and medicated. not wanting to look incompetent yeah <laughs> it's cuz it's a game like you know it's a game but you still have this fear that you're going to be like oh i fucked up the game i suck so bad at life and everything my 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 whole existence is now lesser because of this yeah <laughs> And you and I have similar spiraling patterns. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny, too, because I feel like 
having being somebody who also plays lots of complicated board games like D D is one of the like least uh i guess it's it's way harder for you to make everybody else at the table upset with you if that were ever even a oh, possibility in the first place because like, it's cooperative you're, yeah you're not like it's it's not like you're gonna hold up the game because like your turn it's your turn and uh you have no idea what you're doing like mm. everybody's gonna be like in in combat that's the only time that that's gonna happen and yeah. when that's gonna happen people are almost definitely gonna help you strategize because yeah. they also are working with you to mm. and they don't want you to die Hopefully, unless you're all like against, the, I don't know. I don't know what kind of <laughs> unless games you gotta, other people play, but yeah, I play some people play battle royales. <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually a mostly cooperative experience too. Yeah. So, not that I haven't played cooperative board games, but in general, that's not the case. And sometimes introducing somebody to D and D doesn't mean them playing D and D. It could be sure. an actual play podcast. It well, could be watching it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It could be having them just hang out and drink beers and eat snacks while you play with your friends, right? Um, and then they can decide if, the, if that's in their interest or not. Uh, Is that so? Ashima, did she hang out and watch you guys play once before playing? No. Oh, okay. So she, last Saturday she, was the first time, or Sunday. Well, was so the she's first basically time? done that with her, with her friends before. Is my understanding? Uh, okay. Um, when she's lived elf, elsewhere, elsewhere. Elfware. It is I was, understandable. I was mid kind of holding a bird back. And oh. <laughs> it's, it's understandable that you might like the game itself might be intimidating, but also like, do you want to come and play? What's involved? Oh, we're going to hang out for six hours and play. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to do it, but I'm committing like six hours of time. I, I don't know. Right. So maybe just having them come and hang out or just have like a really quick, you know, one hour session, which is kind of hard to do. That but, is hard. Yeah. But- yeah. I mean, yeah. how, what, we played for, like, three hours on Sunday? Maybe, something like that. It seemed short. It, it was short. I, like, cut it short because I didn't want to, like, fatigue people too much. Yeah. And then on the first time, that makes sense. My So my only concern is that, like, in general, I feel like when you start to introduce new players, like, you should do it, like you say, you don't want them to try to dedicate four or six hours to something that they don't even know they're going to be interested in. But at the same yeah. time, like, a huge part of... Like, what gets people super into D&D is, like, actually having an ongoing story where their yeah. characters progress and they feel like they've, like, accomplished something and lots of stories and stuff spark and things are going on. So, like, doing a, a one-shot also isn't really giving them, like, a full taste of it. It isn't, but at the same time, like, Michelle, she'd never played before until, like, I did a one-on-one with her. Well, I guess I did... I did a one-on-one, and then we, the three of us played a three-session thing, and then she was still confused. So I did a one-shot that was a tutorial one-shot, and it was like six hours of us going through uh, how skill checks work and every mechanic of, of combat, but in the confines of here's your goal, here's your task. Um, and she learned you know, attacks of opportunity and dodging and hiding and... Um, ranged attacks and melee attacks and flanking and like she learned everything during that six hours just to give her the groundwork of these are the mechanics of the game (laughs) yeah like I I think and that's kind of weird too in that like I don't know if I want to 
introduce somebody to the game solely based i'm like they they need some sort of mechanic base but at the same time like i I don't want to just throw a bunch of mechanics at them because i feel like that's (laughs) not really what the game is about right um so like trying to get them through all of that by just throwing it all at throwing all of it at them first might i feel like might scare them away or make them think that it's all combat and that's right. all that the game is and it's really like not like well, yeah I'll, depends I've, gone, on the, I've played like whole sessions where I've maybe rolled the dice twice right I think we had one well actually Robert you introduced session two session two of Fandelver mm-hmm. yeah when yeah when you you were introducing like I was pretty much brand new to playing D&D since I, mean, I played like probably three games of D&D before that um and Brittany was brand new. Savannah was brand new, right? Yep. So you had Savannah had played once before, right? Oh, at uh, at PAX, uh, Wizards had a whole thing going on across the street. Wait, so we wouldn't. Was play she D&D. playing with uh, Felicia Day? Oh God, are you kidding me? <laughs> if she had, she you would know about it. Oh, true. Everybody would know about it. <laughs> she would buy a billboard to say yes. She would. <laughs> She'd also probably be dead of a heart attack. She'd be so excited. <laughs> Um, she, she loves Felicia Day. Yeah, that's my understanding. <laughs> it's also my understanding that Felicia Day comes to town periodically and plays D and D just like randomly with people in Portland. Really? Okay. Well. I, I could have sworn Savannah told me that. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty <laughs> oh, sure Savannah. Oh, she, she, is, she, yeah, she. I think she went to Guardian one time, and Savannah yeah. was going to go, and she couldn't go for some reason. She was heartbroken. Yeah. Um, I remember that. It was a sad day. Yeah. Anyway, Sorry, you introduced ahead. three people effectively to D anD D, but it didn't seem like you were you were just like running Fandelver. Yeah, you weren't going out of your way to do anything specific for new players, were you? Well, Fandelver is built for new players. Oh, what is that? It's it's part of the starter box. I mean, it's it's a great campaign for that. And like the first session that we did was a good five hours, and it was yeah. almost nonstop combat. Uh, yeah, and was. the second session we did was about five hours, and I think I don't know if we had even one combat encounter. Maybe one at the very end, but it was all I don't know going to the town, talking to people. It might have been the third one, the third session we about that first yeah. in town combat. But yeah, um, it was like conversations with shopkeeps and yep. uh, the mayor of Fandelver. Because once you like got that. into town, like you had to start getting all the context and some of the storylines and get some yeah. ideas for hooks to go. And more about getting to Sildar. town was like fighting for your life. Kind of. It's, uh, it's very, that's very well structured that they, they have an upfront action scene mm-hmm. or set of action scenes. And then they, then you get dropped into role playing for a while. Get a breather. Woohoo. We're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, we have a jade frog. What can we do with this? I guess we can sell it. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes of, well, if we sell it to this shopkeep, we get that much. And I think the other shopkeep will give us more money because for some reason they like us better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fun. I had fun. I had a lot of fun. You know, D&D is what you, what you make out of it. And so a big part of it, introducing somebody who's new is making sure that you're doing something that speaks to their interests, you know, engages them. And... It, doesn't intimidate them, but doesn't bore them either. And the intimidating part, I think, is the one that I always focus on. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to intimidate the players and they're going to be scared of 
uh, role playing or scared of being killed, like having their character killed. I think that's a completely legitimate concern. <laughs> but and I can, I don't know that I can I can't make that go away. Well, I mean, I don't know. So I guess it depends on the the group and the DM, but I mean, I don't think you should just go around murdering people. Like you should <laughs> oh, no. you should give them some sort of like if they get if they get screwed and somebody like crits their first level character that they spent a bunch of time on they're super into, like you should give them some sort of alternative. Not necessarily yeah. like don't die, but like okay, well like now you are in the uh the afterlife and you need to find your way back to your body or some shit like okay or like okay well now you're dead you can play this npc while the rest of your group and you as the npc drag your corpse back to somebody who can resurrect you even just bleeding out can be a real kind of eye-opener for a character they might not actually completely fail at death saves but knowing oh hey i'm not bulletproof is really good if a character if a player thinks their character is bulletproof it, for me, it's immediately less fun. Yeah, that's true. It's like, like, oh, it doesn't matter. I can mess up. There's going to be no repercussion. Yeah. Um, but at the, at, but the, at the very least, you shouldn't just kill, like, let a new player die and then c- cut them out from the rest of the session. Right. That's that's terrible. Like prison D&D where you got to kill somebody right away to set the standard and, like, <laughs> <laughs> make sure they respect you as a DM. Is if that your what character dies, you leave the table. <laughs> is that what you've experienced, Ben? It's no. Like, okay. No, I haven't. I, I mean, I've seen other people, like, not necessarily do that specifically, but do that enough to the point where somebody becomes completely disengaged from the game because, like, their character has died and now they're not important to the story. So, like, mm-hmm. the DM forgets about them. And they can't speak through anybody anymore. Yeah. So, that's like, a, they've lost all agency in the game. That's an excellent point. You want to make sure somebody has... We've talked about that. Like, they want to have a moment to shine where they get to do their thing. But also just be involved, right? You cut something out in the beginning, and that's a terrible way to introduce somebody. Because you just introduce them to not playing D&D. <laughs> yes. Nobody wants that. No. Hmm. They can do that themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By just leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I've well, okay. So this is this is the process that I was thinking was how you get new players engaged, and I'm I'm, I'm rethinking this now. And it's hand everybody pre-generated characters. Mm-hmm. I mean that I think that's true. Yeah. Because your first game, you don't want all that. I think learn learning by doing is the best way to do things, and you don't want to throw character creation at, at the beginning because it yeah. can be time consuming, and they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And they're almost definitely going to want to remake that character. Yeah. So a pre-generated <laughs> character is just like... And sort of... I think that a tutorial sort of game is is useful, but... Just, I think a I tutorial know. game for the very basics. Like, yeah. So when I first learned, I taught myself in that... Oh. I, like, me and my roommates... And when I, I, like, I didn't learn until college. Um, and me and my roommates were just like... Hey, let's learn how to play D and D. Okay, none of us know what the hell we're doing. We bought a little box set that came with pregens that had like a cleric dwarf and oh, an yeah. elf sorcerer and um uh and then Probably so a human fighter or something. Regdar the human fighter. <laughs> um and uh like I I DM'd it for two of them 
Oh, okay. And I did a terrible, like, I did a real shit job. Uh, and they had no idea what they could and couldn't do. But, like, they had pre-gens. They were just thrown into the situation. We learned what the hell, like, skill checks are about. We learned how to attack and how to do damage to things. Um, we learned how stats were relevant. I mean, all of us played video games, so we had some sort of background in knowing what some of the things mm, that's true. were. But, like, we had the basics of movement, attack, damage, skill checks. Yeah. That's, and that was 3.5. And, like, that was, what that was it. Anything else... You know, we figured out through playing with other people who had DM'd before and actually knew what they were doing, where they'd be like, oh, you can't just disengage, like, now that you get an attack of opportunity. Like, you learn the nuances of it later. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it... Like, the real real meat and potatoes of D&D is the fact that there is a conflict resolution system for fights, and there's a conflict resolution system for social engagements and if you can teach people to roll a d20 you've pretty much taught them D&D but the experience of like the first time a person deals with a role playing situation that's probably going to be a weird situation for them yeah it and, and there's no getting around that. And different people play differently too. Like different people role play differently. Some people like are just do voices a whole lot, and other people are really uncomfortable doing that and just talk third person the whole time, and they right. don't want to ever get into that. That was the some the, of them do a mixture. The acquisitions Inc. people. I loved how they approached that because it was like one of their first questions was, "So I like we're going to be playing these characters, but." do I have to, like, speak like the character? And Chris Perkins was like, no, no, you don't. If you want to. If you want to, you can. Or, like, so do I have to say things, oh, I am Ragdar, the the, the Burninator, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or can I say, Ragdar says, I'm Ragdar, the Burninator. Both. Right. <laughs> and then you ended up with Jim Darkmagic, who always talks in the second person about himself. <laughs> Is that second person? No, he's talking third third person mm-hmm. about himself. Jim Dark Magic does this. Jim um, Dark Magic does that. I completely lost my thought. Robert had a thought. <laughs> I was a good one too. I felt no like it's just thought. gone. It's absolutely gone. <laughs> he said Jim Dark Magic and everything else just <laughs> my brain. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think I don't think that's usually. I don't think that happens in the first session with new players anyways what doesn't role-playing like knowing what's comfortable to do what they should do and i think the more that other people do it that know what they're doing the more comfortable those people that they will be and they're like oh yeah these people are being weirdos so i can be a weirdo too i I feel like my job as the dm is to be the weirdest weirdo at the table so that everybody looks at me and says wow you're being a weirdo oh i guess that's kind of how this long, works yeah as long as i'm not as weird as he, that guy right. then like i'm okay right <laughs> so i do ridiculous voices and and say ridiculous things and hopefully they follow suit yeah i think it's great um my so if we're specifically talking about introducing characters to D&D and not other systems. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> other systems is a whole other thing. But, I, like, I sometimes, well, if anybody's, like, shown interest, everybody knows, like, oh, D&D, that's that thing. Yeah. But they don't always know that other systems even exist. 
That is true. And I, like, sometimes wish that I, like, the first game that I played was not D&D because, uh, like, now that I've, now that I grew up on playing 3.5, like, that's how I see, like, every other game that I try to play. I'm like, oh, well, I compare it to this. Or, oh, I compare it to this. It's kind of like your first language versus your second language. Yeah. So, like... I'm, I'm, I feel like I talk about fate every time. <laughs> that's fine. But that's mostly just because I've read a whole lot about it. Um, One of these days we're going to, well, maybe we'll do a demo run. It's not even my favorite system. I don't know why I keep going. I feel like it's just a good comparison against D&D. Okay. Um, but, but it is, so here's a good question. Robert, you won't be able to answer this question okay. at all. Excellent. <laughs> is there a system that should be the first system of a role of the first role-playing game that a, a I, new person to role-playing should play i don't think i can answer that question because i think uh. it really depends on who wants to imprint their own <laughs> ideas of what a, a tabletop game should be onto a new person <laughs> uh robert raised his hand but choose your adventure book <laughs> that, that yeah that's that's pretty good Choose your adventure book would be good. You don't have skills or all that. You don't really introduce any mechanics other than choices. Huh. Um, although, the only problem with an adventure book is that they're very narrow choices. It's usually a yes or a no. But Can, it's an introduction it, for like it, a little it, kid. That's how I... That's how, yeah, that was my yeah. introduction. I think it was magical. Sure, for a little kid, yeah. So the, the next level of that would be a choose-your-own-adventure book where... When it says go to page one twenty three, you flip to twenty three. One twenty three, it's blank pages, and you have to write it yourself. <laughs> there's there's the, the middle terrible. level where it says go to page one twenty three, and Just, you put your finger in the previous page, so you can go back immediately. You know, and <laughs> it's like the first step when you know that something you're going to do is when you're a little kid and you start figuring out, okay, how can I cheat at this because I'm making the wrong choices. <laughs> you, you, you just play a mud, just a oh, yeah. text base. Actually, yep. muds are pretty decent. That, was, that I think that was my real first introduction to, to role-playing. Unless all of your options just say, like, sorry, that's not an option. Please do something else. <laughs> but if, if, it's a, if it's a real multi-user dungeon, real mud, then there are going to be a bunch of people actually role-playing. Yeah. Ideally. Mud. Or it's just going to be a bunch of people grinding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like... I don't know. As soon as I started, I, the reason I say that is because as soon as I started playing Fate, like everything I read, and as I was playing it, like the more I realized, like I wish that I knew what it was like to have played this first instead mm. of D and D because I would be playing this game completely differently. You'd be playing D and D differently, or Fate? Both. Cause well, okay. I would have. I wouldn't have the bias that I have about D and D going into Fate, and I would have the understanding of a tabletop rpg of fate going into D. &D. there are a lot of there are a lot of i feel like i would have been a better role player and stuff had i started with that rather than D, &D, where now i feel like what makes it fun for me is combat whereas i don't Mm. know if that's actually what makes it fun for me (laughs) but like that's what i'm trained to do when i when i play and for some reason i when i play D, &D, when i'm when i dm D, &D, i think how can I make the story and the characters seem real? And combat is just sort of, well, it's there because it's there. And I, I guess it's not combat specifically. It's like me feeling like a badass in combat hmm. because it's harder for my, me to make my character feel like a badass in any other situation. Whereas if I had a you, better like background and 
role playing, I feel like I could slot my character into that. You easier. mean buying stew doesn't make you feel like a badass? <laughs> I mean, it was really good stew, <laughs> but no, not really. You can't be heroic on empty tummy. <laughs> And and when I'm a player, I guess you're right. It, it, it's it's about what does the player want out of the gaming experience. I want an immersive world. I don't care about being a badass. I can be the I can be Sancho Panza, and I'll be happy as long as I am out there on the plains of Spain with Don Quixote, and he's being the badass. I mean, I don't want to be the the badass of all badass. I want I want to be reined in. I don't want to like. I'm the mayor now. Like, like I don't want to just like walk into a town and decide that I'm the mayor of the town. Like, I I want to be reined in, but I want to like have those small little wins where I'm like, yeah, I I got like the yeah. final strike on this dude, or yeah, this guy was gonna like corrupt this whole town, and I stopped him right before he did it. And that, so for you, that's like. If you were new to D&D, you would want that sort of movement m- moment early in your experience with D&D. Yeah. As, like, I would be like, yes, I did it. Like, I want this feeling all the time. I should play D&D more. What about you, Robert? I think that makes a lot of sense. I think we talked well, about one of the podcasts I listened to where it was like six or seven sessions in before somebody's like, I fucking love D&D. <laughs> like, that, if that moment, ha- the earlier that moment happens, the better shot. What they got at not kind of abandoning it? What's what? Do you remember what the moment was when you first played D anD D that that made you say, "I want to do this a lot more"? I think it depends on uh, of you, you, a lot of different people. <laughs> but for me, it was very different, and it's counter to what we talked about. For me, it was character creation. Uh, <laughs> for me, <laughs> we were down in Eugene, and there used to be something called the Eugene Celebration, where there'd be downtown, there'd be a bunch of like. Uh, food carts and stuff and people selling you know like um glowing bracelets stuff like that you know a hippie fest well everybody would come out and, and i guess you might call it that you <laughs> go and you dance and it, it, it wasn't actually like that but i hear food carts glow sticks and dancing in eugene yeah <laughs> you had to be there anyway <laughs> all of the stores downtown would be open all night oh okay and one of them was Smith Family Books. And so I walked through there. I must have been like 12. And they had a used copy of the first edition uh, player's handbook. Mm. And I asked my mom if I get it. It was probably like seven bucks or something. So she got it. And I, I clutched it all night. And I got home. And I think it was that night. I stood up and I started putting together my first character. And that was when I started doing that. And I would just read that book front to back over and over and over again. That was when I was like, I want to play this. I probably didn't play for like a year or two after I got that book, right? Because I had to find somebody to play and all that. But just reading that book and thinking of the possibilities, the the possible adventures my character would go on, that was when I got hooked, before I ever played a game. I think you're an anomaly. It's entirely possible. (laughs) I'm anomalous in almost every other aspect of my life, so that makes sense. But you know what? Somebody had to be the first person to buy yep and also just to be clear you asked my experience yes yes i very did specifically yes i did and so your experience is valid don't experience shame me eric no, all right I won't. but so actually to kind of put your experience on a pedestal you would have been like if this was 1975 you would have been the guy in your neighborhood who would have been the 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 vanguard the person who went out ahead of everyone D D patient zero yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
It's spreading. <laughs> Whereas I think when when I came to this this uh, this podcast with the thought of what we we're going to talk about, it was how do you spread it from from here? From you know, we're three people who already play, and we want to get more people to play. I mean, I've done it by inviting just random people at work to come hang out and play D and D. Ben, you got your girlfriend, your girlfriend's friends, friends mm-hmm. to play. You got your girlfriend and coworkers to play. Like it's it's different than being the first person in your city or in in your group of friends to even conceptualize it. Like we've all experienced it before. Well, maybe no, you didn't. I think I, I had, I had, and it was kind of subconscious. One of the things I remember very specifically was when I got my first set of dice. Uh, my uncle Brian had pl- had played D anD D, and so when I first started actually playing, it was with him. I I'd, I'd, I'd okay, had some right. books. I started playing, but I when I got my first set, I suddenly remembered being very very small and seeing these dice at home. And when uh, I grew up, I grew up with my mom and my uncles, uh, with my grandparents. Because it was a single mom, so like all all of us were in the same house, and so I had seen my uncle was playing D anD D when I was a little kid, and not realized it until I got that first set of dice years later. Hmm. I never knew anybody that played D anD D until I started playing it with my roommates, but my first experience was probably not really D anD D that made me play. It was probably Neverwinter Nights playing that video oh, game. Yeah. It's a fucking good game. I love. I that played. Game. I played on like custom servers where people were role playing, and I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And I was like, "This seems weird." Like I had been. I know what role playing was because I had played in other games that like they had role playing servers and stuff like that. But I always thought it was real weird. But it was much easier to do in Neverwinter Nights and Neverwinter Nights is basically D&D yeah, well, just it via is. video game yeah so it's just the computer's doing all the roles for you yeah. that's getting re-released with a high def version oh like next yeah. month I think is that the fan done one or the nope this it's is the official a, one I think okay. it's gonna be a, a beam dog the ones that did Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate 2 alright um yeah but there, there was going to be a fan made maybe it wasn't Neverwinter but there was there was a fan made redo of one of them that I think got dropped hmm. but that was like the first time I had really like actually tried to role play in a game hmm. like I may have done it in little pieces in other video games but that's where I like really started to be like oh this is what that is like this is fun because I joined like a some server and the people who were running the server would just like inhabited NPCs and like actually give me lines of dialogue <laughs> so it was like D in video game form oh, that's fascinating it's such a good game so and i guess my first and i was like i want to play D now my first experience with uh D was all combat my first like first second and third experiences was all just let's go into a dungeon and kill stuff and it was it was like it might as well have been monopoly with swords because it was all just rolling dice to find out if we hit shit. And that was it. Um, but at the same time or shortly thereafter, a friend of mine and I started making up our own games. Because we were, we were now aware of the concept of using dice to roll and do fantasy gaming. And we started doing role-playing games that we'd invented were you using D20s or uh, D6s? I think we were mostly using D6s. So you're basically playing fudge then. Fudge? What's that? 
Then uh, it's it's a thing. What fate spawned off of? What? Yeah. <laughs> You've been playing fate this whole time, Eric. Uh, apparently. <laughs> We invented it in 1989. It's, it's very... It, I I can't say I've ever really played fudge, but it's <laughs> it's super loose to the point where it's basically like you're just rolling d6s to figure out what happens. That's like the only random yep. randomized part of, of the game. More or less. That's more or less what we were doing. <laughs> I mean, we made it up ourselves, and we would like make up the rules as we rolled the dice practically <laughs> and now you can go read up on fudge then okay Get some I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I will oh I should I should like figure you, out you like first. You, you love to spout like the history of D&D oh uh, yeah I think you'd be into <laughs> that was a lot of work yeah <laughs> yeah that is a lot of work actually if anyone's actually listening at this point and hasn't trailed off and <laughs> ignored us I'm sorry I haven't been doing the, the history of D&D thing as much uh, I've got like you're so close I, yeah well so close to what well you, you've you've covered thousands of years and now you've only got like 30 to go yeah but those 30 are, are like 10 more episodes just, <laughs> it's a dense just, 30 yeah it is just go read like some of the Wikipedia page of Fudge and that's all you need to do you don't okay need to go, I can do that you don't that. need to search through the history of it Okay. Just get an idea of what it is. Cool. I'll do that. But it's not. It's it's probably not ending up in the in the history of D and D podcast. That's fine. Okay. The history of Fudge sounds like a more like a culinary podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I listen to that. Peanut butter fudge. <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> I bought that bought in the office for everybody. <laughs> Wait, what? You bought? You can buy fudge peanut? off Amazon. It's good. That's too. weird. Yeah, I didn't believe it until I got it, and it was it was, it was pretty good. Peanut butter fudge, you said? It's, oh, it's my favorite. It's fudging good. Yeah. <laughs> With that, we will end. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, a probably indicator we're done. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Next time, we'll be discussing the history and differences between the various versions of D and D. As always, if you have comments or suggestions reach out to us on Twitter at Dungeon underscore Tangent or go to our website, dungeonsandtangents.net. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. 